0: This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to mix926.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do to find out how you can support the station which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. Now last week on the 15th of November 2022 was the day that the UN nominated as the date that the world became home to 8 billion people. It's just 11 years since we reached the 7 billion mark, and we won't, of course, stop there. The UN predicts that the human population of the world is likely to reach 8.5 billion by 2030, 9.7 billion by 2050, and peak at around 10.4 billion during the 2080s, and, and then remain at that level until 2100. But this rise won't happen evenly around the globe. The UN thinks that more than half of the increase in global population up to 2050 will be in just eight countries the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Egypt, Ethiopia, India, Nigeria, Pakistan, the Philippines, and Tanzania. And much of the increase in population won't be due to birth rates, which are in fact falling across much of the world. The UN thinks that around two-thirds of the global population live in a country or area where birth rates aren't sufficient to maintain the population size. Instead, the UN says that increasing life expectancies will play a major part, with life expectancy at about 72.98 years in 2019, going up to 77 0.2 years in 2050 and that the proportion of people aged 65 or over will rise from 10% in 2022 to 16% in 2050 but what does this mean for the environment and because we're all dependent on the health of the planet for our health what, what does it mean for us now a group that has been campaigning on population issues for many years now is population matters I spoke to local Population Matters representative Vanessa Gibson. Vanessa, thank you for taking the time to join me. So could you just start by explaining to us the link that you see between environmental sustainability on the one hand and population increase on the other hand?
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, Well, we've just reached 8 billion and uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has identified global population growth as one of the two biggest drivers of growing CO2 emissions, uh, saying that globally GDP per capita and population growth remain the strongest drivers of CO2 emissions from fossil fuel combustion in the last decade. And sadly, this will grow. 11,000 world scientists in 2019 also made the point that proven and effective policies that strengthen human rights will lessen the impact on emissions. James Lovelock said these two huge environmental problems are inseparable And to discuss one while ignoring the other is irrational.
0: And does human population just affect the issue of the climate or do you see it affecting other environmental issues as well?
1: I think it does i i even before climate change became so important I was always very motivated to be concerned about this by biodiversity loss since nineteen seventy while our population has doubled the wild vertebrate animal populations have declined by two- thirds It's a huge loss a lot of animals on the planet are of course. Bread for meat and dairy, but it's quite difficult to wean people away from that. You know, although we obviously we must keep trying.
0: And how about here in the UK, Vanessa? Do you see the population as being a big environmental issue here?
1: Yes, I think we have the most nature-depleted environment in western europe so yes it certainly has um we're very highly densely populated i think england is even more densely populated than the netherlands we're losing our green spaces the the green belt is really no longer sacrosanct and there are tremendous social pressures like um you know housing shortages and and things like that so yes it is So Vanessa, can I just put
0: this to you? A study by the University of Leeds showed that the wealthiest 10% of people worldwide consume about 20 times more energy overall than the poorest 10%. So that means they're making 20 times more contribution to climate change. And even here in the UK, another study showed that 15% of UK air travellers take 70% of all the flights with ultra-rich people flying by far the furthest, whilst 57% of the UK population, they don't fly abroad at all. So isn't the problem actually one of consumption rather than of population?
1: It is indeed consumption and population matters. Uh, The charitable organisation is very keen to point this out. I mean, it's got an article called Fat Cats and Fossil Fuel Companies, Who's to Blame for Climate Change? And there is extreme and indefensible inequality in carbon, carbon emissions, and that's even more so globally than nationally. But when you break down the figures, as this article does, the richest 10% of people globally are not all rich by global north standards i mean we're pretty much talking about people that come into average incomes in these these not global north standards and people in the bottom 90% still produce about half of all emissions i think we certainly in high emission producing countries have a responsibility to even have fewer children than other countries, actually, because every time we have a a baby, it's going to end up being a higher consumer. So the onus is on us to take more action, really. But the the converse is that are we saying that all these uh, poor people in the world are meant to stay poor so that their emissions will remain low? That doesn't seem very egalitarian either.
0: So what you're saying there is that every person in the world it could potentially become a, a higher consumer? Is, yes, is I think, reason? I mean, if, you,
1: if you're looking at raising, uh, you know, living standards globally, that, that is, even, even with technological advances, that is still a, a concern, Yeah.
0: So just looking at the UN projections, whilst it does predict more population increase, it does say that the rate of increase is slowing and that the human population will peak and start to decline in about the 2080s. So isn't the work of
1: population matters done? Is
0: there still cause for concern?
1: Yes, we've still got another two or three billion people to be living on the planet in the future yes, it is getting better. The, the global fertility rate is falling pretty much universally. But because of something called demographic momentum, where there are a lot of young people, the population itself is still going to grow. I think one very important thing is that it's it's about gender equality as well. Um, it's about empowering girls and women to make the choices. Um, we, we, it's often looked at as if They want to have huge families. And I I don't think that's the case.
0: OK, well, the biggest population increases are set to take place in eight countries across Africa and Asia. And I just wondered what right you thought we had to tell them to stop having so many children. I mean, let's face it, the UK's population exploded in a similar way when we were developing our agricultural and industrial systems.
1: Good question. My grandmother had eight children. According to my mother, that certainly was not her choice. So that's how I see uh, women in in the developing countries. And Population Matters talk to women in Africa. We're involved with women who run health facilities in Africa. For instance, Wendo Ased of Dandelion Africa, Florence Blondel, who's uh, from from Uganda, who is a consultant to Population Matters, She actually gets quite cross when people in the West say, well, we haven't we shouldn't be telling them what to do. We're not telling them what to do anyway. We're hoping to provide resources. She says, why would you be against anyone honestly talking out about population when its growth mostly oppresses young girls and women? She says, as a journalist who covered most parts of the country reporting on reproductive health issues, I met many women who were tired of the status quo. When you tell people not to talk about population, you're binding us further in these senseless man-made societal standards. And Wendo, as said, has said much the same sort of thing too. So we are hoping to empower girls and women not tell them what to do i don't i mean i don't blame my grandmother for having eight children she didn't have a choice and the women in the developing world aren't having a choice at the moment
0: right so it's about providing choice for them now i see so it's about providing choice so the un points out that birth rates are becoming less of an issue and it's the growing elderly population where the huge increases will be Isn't that a good thing? And even if it isn't a good thing, what can we do about it?
1: Yes, it's a jolly good thing. We're all living longer in in hopefully good health. It is part of the increase. But to want ever more young people to help look after older people is, as our patron Sir David Attenborough says, a Ponzi scheme, a, a pyramid scheme, you know, these young people are going to get older. So it's a very short term solution. I think also, you know, as as we do stay in better health, hopefully, as we get older, we, we hopefully won't need quite so many young people to look after us.
0: Now if we accept that a growing human population is not environmentally sustainable what does population matters suggest are the solutions you you've mentioned things like um birth control options for women
1: yes actually that's that is the only solution necessary because wherever Girls and women have the choice. Again, as Sir David Attenborough says, they they choose to have smaller families. It's it's very straightforward. Look at at the global birth rates. And in some countries, this has worked very effectively. It it always seems to require a top-down approach. Uh, If you look at the birth rates in South Korea, Thailand, Sri Lanka, Colombia, uh, from 1960, they have fallen dramatically. And it's provision of uh, family planning. Organisations like Dandelion Africa and Chase Africa Community Health and Sustainable Environment quote figures that, you know, hundreds of thousands that they are helping with family planning. Some area it's the remote rural areas that are difficult to reach. The Dandelion Africa has backpack nurses. Uh, Chase Africa sends people out on camels to get to the really difficult parts. And it is happening and it is successful but it just, it needs to happen more. At the moment, we have over 800 women and girls dying in childbirth every day. One in five is married before turning 18. So it's sort of something we should be doing because it's a good thing anyway. Even if population wasn't an issue, we should be empowering girls and women.
0: You've spoken there about action and that Population Matters is taking in the developing world, but I just wondered where you thought it's most important to take action. In the eight countries with the greatest projected growth but low per person environmental footprint or in the rich west with low projected population increases but such a high consumption per person?
1: Uh, Population masses does support An organisation called You Before Two in Nottinghamshire run by a local GP. Again, that's helping girls to make choices about when they want to start having a family. It is important from a consumption point of view that we don't bring into the world lots of very high-consuming individuals. You almost don't need to do anything where women and girls have the choice because it will happen. It is happening. So, Vanessa, what would you like us to do? I would like... Of people to have a look at the Population Matters website, because there's far more information on there. It is a very complex issue in it, it. There are so many figures involved that it does need looking at carefully. So please look at the Population Matters website. I've missed out an awful lot. I think a lot of people have sympathy with the aims, but their politicians are rather frightened to talk about it. If people could talk to their elected representatives and say, this is something we are concerned about, I think more could be done. We have reduced our funds to a United Nations Population Fund, and that's had a tremendous impact. Uh, America completely stopped their contributions, but they've, they've, they're now doing it again. So that's a very simple thing that we could do. Start sending money to the United Nations Population Fund And there are so many charities like Chase Africa, uh, Dandelion Africa that that, uh, are concerned with not just um, family planning, but they, they all sort of do general health clinics as well.
0: Vanessa, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that.
1: Thank you. My thanks
0: to Vanessa Gibson of St Albans Population Matters. Well, I know that it's a controversial issue, so tell me what you think. You can get in touch via email. I'm on amanda.yaworth at mix92.6.com or look out for Environment Matters on Mix 92.6 on Twitter and Facebook. And if you've missed any Environment Matters shows recently, then no worries. Just head to the podcast page of mix926.com where you can catch up with all shows. You'll find Leslie Flowers of Sustainable St Albans talking about how their thermal imaging camera can help to make your home more energy efficient and toasty warm. Or hear Matt Neal from the New Energy Foundation telling us about the Home Energy Helpline that offers free advice to everyone – or how about hearing Kate Swindell explaining who the Sopwell Eco Stars are and all the brilliant things that they're up to. And of course, there's podcasts from other great Mix 92.6 shows as well. Do take a look. That's at Mix92.6.com. I've just got time to tell you about an event coming up called The Cost of Living and Climate Crisis, What Can We Do? It's run by St Albans and Garden City Greenpeace. It's on Friday the 2nd of December from 6.30 to 8.45 at Marlborough Academy on Watling Street. It's a free event and features the public premiere of a new short film by Greenpeace and the New Economics Foundation entitled The Cost of Living, and it'll be followed by a panel discussion including... including Daisy Cooper MP. Sounds like a great event. You will have to book online and you can do that at bit.ly slash costoflivinggp. I'll be with you at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.